The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rage Quit, the video game discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the most passionate gamer in the history of the state of Texas, Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to spend today the time to talk to you about one of my favorite games of all time from one of my favorite game series of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Now, for those of you who know me very well, y'all know how much of a huge fan I am of the Splinter Cell series. When I played uh, Splinter Cell Stealth Action Redefined, the first one in 2002, I was immediately super interested. But once I played Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, I kid you not, I was addicted and hooked and a lifelong loyal supporter and fan of the Splinter Cell series. The Splinter Cell series changed me as far as being a passionate gamer goes. Splinter Cell taught me the art of stealth gaming, taught me the art of it, to appreciate it, how to actually get better at it, really taught you this the unique strategic way of creating strategies when it comes to playing video games, especially the stealth ones. Like making your moves, making sure you're not making noise like that. It's completely incredible. And honestly, I like to describe it as a life-changing experience, but ladies and gentlemen, that would be one hell of an understatement. Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. You know, when I did an episode not long ago about Ubisoft and Tom Clancy, when I praised Tom Clancy, when I basically declared him as somebody that I strongly respect, you know, a genius who wrote such great books, and and I even expressed my regret that I've never gotten a chance to read the books. You know, if, if I can find a way to listen it through audio tapes like that, I would definitely strongly consider it, and once I'm able to, if I can find it, it's definitely going to happen. But Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, developed by Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft Milan. It was released in March 2005, when I was in 6th grade. It originally came out 
on the PlayStation 2, the Nintendo GameCube, the original Xbox. It was even on Microsoft Windows. And honestly, when I had finally played it, you know, I didn't play Splinter Cell Chaos Theory till I was probably... I, got, I didn't imagine. I was probably... I must have been 14 years old. Honestly, yeah, I was 14 years old when I played it, but I was 12 when it came out. Now, keep in mind, when I was a kid, you know, my... Unfortunately, my parents, uh, despite the fact that I was always pushing it and nagging them about it, I was not allowed to play these certain games. I had to have a, I had to actually have a, a friend, a friend's older brother, buy the games for me. You know, honestly, I was like, you know what? Look, fine, I get it. it's right M for mature, it's violent, whatever. But I know that the game is not going to mess me up. I mean, I, I had already known better by the, you know, by the time I was twelve. I mean, come on, seriously, but. Speaking of uh, rated M for Mature, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory is actually the very first Splinter Cell to actually receive the M rating. Because, you know, honestly, this is really the true mind-boggling part. Like, this is when the nostalgia, the adrenaline, the memories, you know, everything, everything positive that's that's impacted me from this game, it's all kicking in, you know, I'm just having such a very difficult time thinking and speaking, it's, uh, it's incredible, I mean, I do my breathing exercises, my usual warm-ups before doing these episodes, my breathing, my talking ex- exercises, but when I'm finally on the air, and that excitement just kicks in like a wave crashing down on me, ladies and gentlemen, it's beyond overwhelming, and it's out of my control. Out of my hands, big time. But anyway, so going back to it. So it makes perfect sense that the game is rated M for Mature because what, what the first things we know about Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Chaos Theory is that the game is not like Splinter Cell 1 and 2. It's not like Stealth Action Redefined and Pandora Tomorrow. It's got more combat. It's got that killing option after interrogations. It's even got, you know... You can, you can, like, literally break an enemy's neck. You can stab them. You can throw them off a, throw them off a ledge. You can, like, literally... Th- you could do a lot of things. And, and it, you could do a lot of fatal, act, fatal acts, if you will. But, you know, the way it's been described, you know, in these game, in these, in these descriptions, in these reviews online, I guess the, the first thing is you notice that the tone of the game is much darker. Like, it, it really took Splinter Cell to a whole new level. But it makes sense, especially for those of you who are Splinter Cell enthusiasts like me, when we know about the game's man protagonist, Mr. Sam Fisher. When we all know Sam Fisher, for those of us who have done the research about his backstory, you know, everything everything he's trained in, you know, he's a former he's a former Navy SEAL, you know, he's a, he's a veteran of the Gulf War... You know, we'll never forget in Splinter Cell uh, Conviction when there's that mission in, of him back in uh, during that war when he when you actually play as one of his best friends and you rescue Sam. So, yeah, when you know Sam's uh, story and who he is about, the way that Splinter Cell Chaos Theory went, I mean, it basically allows us to really see the true Sam Fisher so and what he's capable of doing. But you know, as we know, Sam Fisher, he's an an NSA agent, a former Navy SEAL who works. Within a division in the NSA, and that division is known as Third Echelon, which is run by Colonel Irving Lambert, and as we know, we, we all know who Lambert is. And honestly, you know, Michael Ironside, 
reprising the role of Sam Fisher. I mean, the fact that he came back, you know, Sam Fisher. I mean, that you know, it, had I been a, a in my twenties by then, you know, in two thousand five, you know, I would have said, well, we already know that the game's going to be a success if Michael Ironside has reprised the role of Sam Fisher. Then we all know the game's going to be a success. So, and um. Well, honestly, of course, uh, the original voice for uh, Irving Lambert actually came back, too, because in Pandora Tomorrow, um, excuse me, Lambert was actually voiced by Dennis Hays Haysbert, and we all know we, we all know about Dennis Haysbert. Yeah, we've, you know, of course, the uh, Are You in Good Hands, you know, that commercial, the Allstate commercials, but, you know, I've seen many uh, other films, you know, with uh, Dennis Haysbert. He's honestly, he's a great actor, very underrated, honestly, but... But it was good to see the original Irving Lambert voice back. But still, at the same time, Dennis Haysbert, his role as uh, Lambert, honestly, if I get a chance to meet Dennis Haysbert, out of everything I want to thank him for, I want to thank him for the for the great job he did voicing Lambert. Because you know, of course, you know, I, I would tell him, you know, I'm a I'm a Splinter Cell enthusiast, and when I when you were voicing when you were voicing Sam Fisher like well excuse me when you were voicing Lambert you know at first when I was a kid first playing Pandora tomorrow I didn't really recognize his voice but when I was going back and watching uh walkthroughs you know of course from my uh, friend Center Strain 01's walkthrough who by the way for those of you listening if you don't know who Center Strain 01 is I strongly 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 recommend you subscribe to his channel he is the greatest stealth gamer in history he might not say that Okay, but I do. It's probably merely my opinion, but honestly, folks, I'm not shitting you. Center Strain 01, God bless that dude. A, a unique gamer, very passionate, good at what he does. He loves what he does. He takes it seriously. You know, you subscribe to him. You join his um, his inner circle on, on Discord. I mean, that's, what, that's just like what I call it. I call it an inner circle. He, he really interacts with his followers. You could literally ask him for some advice, and he'll give you anything. He, he'll advise you on anything he can to the best of his ability. Strainus, Center Strain 01, folks, he is a good friend to me. I've never met him. I've spoken to him a few times, you know, through things like that, especially through his, like, walkthrough, like, live walkthroughs through the chat. But, man, Center Strain 01, God bless that guy. So, but bottom line is you do want to subscribe to his channel. His Splinter Cell walkthroughs are amazing. And I do mean amazing. All right. So now back to this, but uh, so with uh, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, so 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 basically how 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 the game was rated, and of course all these things like that. But the game was a success. I mean, within a month, over two and a half, I, th I think around two and a half million were copies were sold across the, all the platforms, and this was within a month, within a month, and the version on the Xbox and the PC. I mean, that's really where it got, uh, that's where the peak of the positive reviews just came. I mean, it, it received critical acclaim. Now, the GameCube and PS2 versions also got positive reviews. Now, I never played the PS2 or GameCube versions. I mean, the, the stories, everything was different. I just know the, the controls are obviously different. But, but you, know, I, oh, you know, I totally forgot to mention this earlier. But one of the coolest things that Splinter Cell Chaos Theory in, introduced was actually the ambient noises. Now, I'm pretty sure there were ambient noises in the, in the previous in the previous games, but honestly, one of the features of this game, I mean, of course, when you look at the game throughs, you know, the mechanics of stealth that have been put in the game. Of course, we all remember the light bar, 
the the monitor that me- that measures the noise that Sam Fisher makes, the ambient noises of the of the respective environments through the missions of the game. Oh boy! And they added a strong challenge. You know, I'm glad they added the the monitor that measures the noise because in the game, if Sam Fisher makes too much noise, he can easily be heard by the enemy guards. So Splinter Cell Chaos Theory really took it to a level where they challenged the gamer to be stealthy. So I am grateful for that because when a game is that challenging and the gamers really make it to the game so unique that you are challenged to take stealth seriously, I love it. Absolutely love it. And out of any everything else that they've introduced, the combat knife, uh, you know, the several ways you, you can knock him out by punching them or by, you know, putting them in a sleeper hold and like that, I mean... This game just gave you so much more, so much more. You know, of, of course, you know the, you get the SC20K again. You got this, the stealth, the, the shockers, the the air ring foils, everything. So basically, you, you get some things back, but you know, you you get a whole lot more than you could have ever have bargained for. Ah, oh boy! And now, really, that nostalgia is just so coming back big time. But, you know, honestly, the way you can actually interrogate... You know, there's more interrogations in this game than the previous. You, you interrogate almost every enemy. You know, the dialogues are pretty interesting. <laughs> and on, honestly, there's one actually... In, in the first mission, there's one guy that you actually uh, interrogate. And he tells you, I am loyal. You'll get no information from me. And then Sam Fish responds, Really? Hmm, looks like you forgot to shave this morning. Let me help it. Let me help you out a little bit. <laughs> so again, you know, this brings up the fact that every time you you sneak you sneak behind a, an enemy, you take him, then you try and interrogate him. Sam always holds that combat knife to their throat. So the fact that he t- he tells that guy, hmm, looks like you forgot to shave this morning. Let me help. Let me help you out a bit. So, I mean, concerned that Sam is, is you know is military. You know, of course, you know they learn how to shave. You know, I, I guess they they shave. You know, with with those knives. So, but you know, at the same time, it, it's a way to scare an enemy into like literally. Like that, so. But no, another thing that was actually introduced, like the ability to shoot while hanging upside down, that was actually introduced in Pandora Tomorrow, but but they added an, an expansion to it. So now you can actually choke or break the neck of enemies that's actually right under you. So, you know, and there's also these things where, you, like I mentioned, you can throw bodies off of the cliffs, over the railings, or, you know, you can even, like, throw them off the ledge. You can even pull people over the railings and things like that. I mean, again, you know, you, you can kill enemies in so many different ways, so. And honestly, it's much easier to kill the enemies with a gun. Because I remember in Splinter Cell 1 and 2, killing those enemies by shooting at them was so tough. It would take numerous shots. So, in this game, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, one shot to the head, you can you, you can just kill. They die immediately. Because in, in, in Pandora Tomorrow... And in the first one, you would be lucky to kill him with one shot to the head. Usually for me, it took three. At least three. So, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know, out of the all, all the things, you know, and I'm glad I'm, I'm talking about every, all, all the features because, you know, I don't really want to go into full detail why I love the game. But one of the things I had noticed is that after even after three alarms, the mission was never canceled. So that's actually one thing that I thought, huh. So as much challenge as they added to the game, they did add a little bit of less pressure. Hmm. 
Isn't that isn't that something? Isn't that something? <laughs> oh boy. But you know, now I just you know after this now all I want to do is, is go back and watch Sinister No One's walk Spinosaur Chaos Theory walkthrough. And again, folks, I strongly recommend you do it. Oh boy. I'm taking a look at some of these other facts as well. You know, from all these features, you know, I mean, I can't even, rem I, you know, it, it's hard to remember everything, so. <sighs> I'm looking at all these notes I have right here, man. Hmm. Oh, boy. I'm so freaking, such in a mood of nostalgia right now. Of course, you know, all the grenades you have in this game, there's the fragmentation grenade, the smoke grenade, the CS gas. You know, the... The flashbang as well, man. So anyway, so now we gotta kind of go through the walkthrough. One of the other most important things I love so much about this game is that the game, the plot of this, the plot of the game, was awesome. Y'all know me. Not only speaking from a journalism perspective, when a video game, especially like a game like Splinter Cell, when when the story, the plot, however you want to phrase it, is amazing and you like it so much. You really take it to the point where if the story is great, the game is going to be good too. And basically, from the, off the top of my head, if I remember correctly, the way, the, I think the story goes, like the, the setting of the game is in 2007. And basically, there are high hostility tensions between North and South Korea, China, and Japan. And I think it involves something about Japan creating some sort of self-deforce uh, division. Because, and apparently, it's considered to be a violation of the Article 9 of the post-World War II Constitution. So, so apparently, I, Japan supposedly did something that, I guess, you know, in the game, you know, whatever. Well, you know, whatever it is, like I, I just said. So, I think because of this, you know, China and North Korea supposedly, like, do something, and then it, they do something to block the Japanese shipping. And, and remember in the game, you know, because, you know, Japan is an ally, an ally of the United States, you know, the United States, you know, tries to get involved, you know, and whatever. And they send a ship to the Yellow Sea because China and North Korea have created a blockade, you know, to stop Japanese shipping. And then the U.S. sends a ship to the Yellow Sea where the blockade is and hoping that China and North Korea will, will stop it. So and that's basically how we're kind of introduced into the game. Now the first the first mission, Sam Fisher is dispatch is dispatched uh, to like so, to like a lighthouse location near Peru, okay, and the the mission the, the, well the point of that mission is you're you're supposed to locate an American computer engineer by the name of Bruce Morganholt that was actually captured by a by a by, by some sort of Peruvian terrorist group. That's uh, led by a guy by the name of Hugo Lacerda. So, and unfortunately, you know, in the mission, you know, it, it doesn't take too doesn't take too long for you to find uh, Bruce Morganholt. Of course, once once you get to him, you see him get tortured, and then you, you find him dead. I always thought that was actually pretty. I actually I used to think that I didn't save him in time. So so for I remember I'll never forget like a few times I would save, then try to do it again and again and again, thinking that there was actually a possible way to save. Bruce Morgan Holt, but apparently there's actually no way to save him. And I'm pretty sure I, I spoke about this on, in previous episodes, especially my Tom Clancy episode, and then I realized, because I'm pretty sure I said this, well, the fact that he died, I mean, we it, it the whole thing tells a story about, you know, Bruce Morgan Holt's involvement in, in the whole plot, so... Now, I'm not going to go through the entire game detail by detail, because, you know, I haven't played the game in so long, 
But honestly, the first mission, you know, from the interrogations and the things you discover, uh, what you learn about what Morganhole was walking through, you learn something about Philip Mass's algorithms and the, the Mass kernels. You know, that that's back from the first game from Splinter Cell uh, Stealth Action Redefined. So... So unfortunately, uh, the mass criminals do get released because you know Bruce Morganholt is dead, and I'm sure he he was forced to divulge the the, the uh, crucial information because of how bad he was being tortured. So, uh, and 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 apparently, the algorithms do fall into the wrong hands, and that's what causes the blackout in Japan and, and the U.S. Eastern Seaboard in the U.S. So you know, if you remember the game correctly, especially in that mission when you're in New York City, and there's that blackout. And you're supposed to, and you're supposed to, Stan Fisher, like after that mission in Panama and that bank mission, which I really don't remember too much about. Uh, but of course, there was that that ship mission as well. And I don't even, I don't even know why I didn't talk about that, and I should have. But it was in that ship mission where you actually assassinate Hugo Lacerda. Now you were originally in the first mission. One of the, one of the objectives was to assassinate Hugo Lacerda, but that particular that guy that, that I spoke to that we interrogated the guy that didn't want to talk and then Sam Fisher says you know you forgot to shave this morning he that guy d uh, says that Hugo Lacerda is long gone so he's on a ship so 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 that's why I strongly recommend that you should really if you play the game listen to the interrogations because the, the interrogations are actually pretty important so anyway so the first mission you know after you you uh Unfortunately, you find Morgan Holt. You invest. You interrogate one of the guys who tortured him, and then, and then there's another one, because if you remember in that correctly, there's one guy that runs out of the room, because if you listen to the dialogue in that game, after Morgan Holt's supposedly dead, one of one of the one of the torture guys says mentions that there's like smoke coming out of Morgan Holt's ears. You know, of course, you know he he was being sh tortured by electrocution. So, so basically, the, the entire the entire inside of Morgan Holt's body was basically burnt to a crisp. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently, I, I didn't want to go detail by detail, but now I'm kind of going back on my own word, aren't I? Alright, but anyway, and around the end of that mission, there's another guy that you interrogate who was also in that room where Morgan was being tortured, and then basically, you kind of take up some of the information that he has, but like I said, it's too late, the algorithms are in the wrong hands, you get to that ship, you assassinate Hugo Lacerda, and Hugo Lacerda actually says um, that he was contacted indirectly, that he, that, that, that apparently an unknown party interrogated him and ordered him to kidnap and torture Bruce Morgan for that information, so Hugo Lacerda was basically a pawn. Yeah, he was basically working for somebody else. Whatever he did, the, the kidnapping of Bruce Morgan whatever, those were under the orders of somebody else, so... Yeah, so apparently I do know more. I do remember more about the game than I originally thought. But, but after that mission on the ship, you know, you get off and you go to that bank in Panama, and then you basically stage an inside job robbery. And I don't remember too much about that about the point of that mission. But and then when, of course, there's that blackout in New York and Japan. <sighs> And, you know, of course, uh, one of the game's uh, antagonists, a guy named Admiral Otomo, of this of the supposed defense force division that Japan has established that those two other countries are un, 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 unhappy about, he insists that China and North Korea would be responsible in that particular game. So, yeah. So after after Panama, Fisher goes to New York City and then 
you're supposed to go after a guy by the name of Abraham Sarkeesy, who apparently is a man that worked with Bruce Morgan Holt. So, and basically, there's a corporation known as, known as Displaced International, which is a U.S.-based uh, military corporation, things like that. And then Sam Fisher eventually learns that that particular corporation is owned by one of his best friends, his old best friends, Mr. Douglas Shetland. And apparently Douglas Shetland is working with Sir Casey, so... Basically, like that, so... In New York, when Fisher breaks into the displaced offices, he learns about another guy... I forgot the name, and learns that Sir Casey is actually in Japan, I believe. In a place called uh, Hokkaido, which is actually, you know, the largest island of Japan. It's actually north of that regular island, so... Anyway, so you go there, and then eventually uh, he he goes to that supposed base where Zerkezi is, and and apparently Douglas Shetland. Well, Sam actually witnesses Douglas Shetland murder Zerkezi, so then you find out that Douglas Shetland is also heavily involved in this whole particular story. But then after that, that ship that the U.S. sent to the Yellow Sea is actually sunk by a missile, so. That's basically where World War Three in the video game is is basically all is about to happen. I don't want to say the name of the countries because I don't want people to get a wrong idea. But but you know basically, in that point, you know, in that game, you know, North Korea, North Korea claims that the missile well, because the missile was actually supposedly North Korean, but in the video in the game, of course, North Korea claims that the missile was launched unintentionally, and then I remember Sam Fisher is sent to a missile battery. To actually find out what caused the missile launch, and and he discovers that that, that it was that, that North Korea was actually telling the truth, and then of, of course in that game you, you it's basically it's seen that you know North Korea has launched a full scale invasion of South Korea, and then Sam Fisher heads to Seoul, and and basically and, and he learns the, the most unfortunate truth that this place international orc is basically responsible for this whole thing. They're responsible for this whole thing, so. And basically, you learn about how uh, about the mass kernel's algorithms. It, th- those codes were used to hijack missile systems to to sink the ships. So, so and so, Displace did that. So, yeah, Displace, you know, Displace was using people right from the start to get what they want because they wanted to draw the U.S. into a war, and that, and because apparently Shetland could actually make money off of it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing how one person can go can stoop so far just to. Start a full scale third war, third war just just to make a just to make some profits. So, so eventually, Fisher does go to a bathhouse in Tokyo because there's a meeting between Shetland and unknown accomplices, as we know. And of course, these are from notes. And those supposed accomplices turn out to be that supposed SDF force that, that Japan created. But apparently, that that at that meeting. The SDF turn on Shetland, and then then a fight breaks out. And then, you know, of course, I remember Fisher pursues Shetland. And then there's a standoff where they're both pointing a gun to each other. And basically, you know, Shetland, you know, challenges Sam. And, you know, because it's, remember, because Douglas Shetland is Sam's best friend, so. But Sam kills Shetland, and then, boom. It's, uh. Supposedly you would think it, you would think it's over, but but then Admiral Otomo, who apparently has a copy of, of the Mass Colonels, you know from that, 
I think if I remember correctly, he 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 wants to turn Japan back to what it was during World War Two, and and then I think he uh, he he basically threatens to use the, the algorithms to to launch another missile against a, a, a Japanese city. So basically, because uh, of course in the game, like how China would support North Korea and the U.S. would support Japan, this would obviously start World War Three. So. Honestly, so that that's what that's where we get to, to the to the last mission where you have to, where you have to actually stop Otomo, and once you get to him, I remember Otomo attempts to attempts to commit seppuku, which as we know, you know, is that that ritual sacrifice thing when you take that sword and you stab your you plunge that sword into your into your stomach, but but Sam Fisher manages to stop it, and then Otomo was arrested in Sam's trial, and then uh, and, and that was it. So you know. So the story is, is 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 extremely overwhelming. I'll be honest with you, but you know me going through all these notes and like that, for, you know, and of course, you know, watching you know the game, you know, because doing this episode, you know, I did actually have to go back and watch a bit of Sinister you know, One's uh, walkthrough to kind of get this information again. It might seem like I got this off of Wikipedia, but I promise you, I didn't. I mean, I have looked through the Wikipedia thing before, but of course, I never really trusted Wikipedia. So, but um, anyway. So go through all these, all all my notes and everything like that. You know, go through spiritual uh, chaos theory. So, anyway, you know all, all the story like that. It's uh, it's it, it's pretty incredible. Of course, when 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 you basically come up with a story, you know, involving World War Three, and then for Sam Fisher, the fact that this involves his best friend. I mean, again, you know, the the plot is basically unique within itself, and that's what we need in in, in Splinter Cell plot. So. But man, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, the gameplay is brilliant, the soundtrack is brilliant, the mechanics, the story, I mean, honestly, the only complaint I would have is, I, I mean, and this is the same complaint that I have for other, other many games, but I just wish the game probably would have been longer. I mean, the game is pretty long with itself, the missions are not short and they're challenging, so basically my only complaint is I just wish the game had been a little bit longer... But that's just me speaking from a selfish uh, point of view. So, but I have nothing really negative about Splinter Cell: Chaos Theory. It's honestly one of the best games ever created. And literally every day, I am praying that one day there will be an announcement that on the PlayStation Network, specifically for the PS4 or the P and the N or the PS5. I hope for both because I still have PS4 and I can't afford a PS5. If they can, if there was a remastered version of all the Splinter Cells, if they were on the PlayStation Network, I would feel so blessed. Although, like I said, there's a, apparently supposed to be like a, a remake of the Splinter Cell game. So, so maybe I. So again, you know, I I will be making a maybe maybe my my wish will be will actually be uh, coming. So yeah, because I remember yeah, there's a developing game. So and I did and I did do an episode and I don't really remember exactly, but you know, so there's a Splinter Cell remake and the d development has begun with Ubisoft Toronto. So. Of course, it says that Ubisoft.com says that Ubisoft has greenlit the development of a Splinter Cell remake. So I'd imagine that this is going to be the remake of the first one. And if, if that one is actually a success, I'd imagine that Pandora tomorrow and all of them will, will get a remake. So, so I suppose that maybe my wish will come true indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Rage Quit is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.